Hey there, welcome to the Seek Podcast. My name's Josh, and I'll be guiding this tour through the scripture today. Matthew 7, 8 tells us that who asks receive, those who seek find, and to those who knock, the door will be opened. We're all seeking something, whether it be understanding, wisdom, a close relationship with God, or just something different than the normal day-to-day humdrum. Join me for a few minutes together in scripture while we find what we're seeking. Jesus says in Matthew 18, 20, wherever two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. So thanks for listening today and inviting Jesus to come among us. Full disclosure, I'm not a preacher, never been to seminary. This podcast is just a representation of my thoughts and beliefs. So let's spend a few minutes hanging out, reading the Bible, and praying together. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode. Uh, Today and over the next several episodes, we're going to be talking about the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Today, we're just going to talk about the five W's, who, what, where, when, why kind of stuff. Uh, Over the next several episodes, we're going to break down each part and we'll finish up with an episode where we talk about how to share the gospel message with others and why it's so important. Let's say a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love and your blessings, and I pray that you open the hearts um, for us to receive your word, and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you lay on us the importance of the gospel message of redemption and salvation. Convict us, Lord, and lead us to the everlasting truth in your word. Amen. All right, uh, the title of this episode is Gospel, and we're going to start out by reading in John three sixteen through 17 in the NIV. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And that's basically, that's the essential message um, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, salvation and redemption. But it goes a lot deeper than that. So today we're just going to look at the message and uh, kind of what it is. All right, so we've all heard the word gospel. And we've heard that term before, but what is it? What does it even mean? What is it about? And, And what do you do with that? And after you've shared that message, what's next? What do you do then? You know, some people think that the, the gospel is only referring to the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew through John. I mean, that's where we learn about Jesus, who he is, uh, and what he's about, right? We get to learn about Jesus' life and his ministry. Others think that uh, it really only refers to Jesus being able to save us from our sins. And then there's those that, uh, that don't know Jesus. And they don't know anything about him. Now, they've never heard this term before. So those people have no idea what it's about. So let's look at it. The gospel literally means good news or or good telling. Uh, From the Latin evangelium or the Greek euangelion. And this is where we get our term evangelism from. If the gospel literally means the good news, well then obviously there must be bad news as well, right? So what's this bad news that we're sharing the good news about? Well, it's interesting really because the gospel message starts all the way back in the book of Genesis. So let's look back at Genesis chapter 3. I'll read it for you. It says, now this is going to be uh, verse 1 through, let's see, Genesis chapter 3, 1 through 13. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. 
and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened, and they suddenly felt shame in their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. Now look, there's a lot packed into that set of scriptures, and we're not going to get all the way into this and break every single line down, or we could spend a week just on that or more. Uh, but I do want to make a point of a couple different things. Number one, why did the serpent... The devil, why did he go after Eve instead of going after Adam? I mean, it clearly states in the scripture that he was with her. It says she took some of the fruit and ate it, and then she gave some to her husband who was with her. Well, Lucifer's smart. If Adam had given it to Eve, she could have simply said, Lord, I, I was just doing what my husband told me to do. And don't forget, Adam was with her. He could have stopped the whole thing immediately, but he didn't. The other thing I want to ask you is... How long do you think they were actually in the garden before they sinned? Now, obviously, no one really knows for sure. But it is interesting that immediately after the scripture about God making Eve from the rib of Adam and defining marriage between a man and a woman, we go straight into the scripture about how they sinned. Now, we also know from that that God was not with them when they sinned. And we also know that they didn't have a chance to eat from the tree of life yet from the conversations between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? Here's one for you. They weren't around long enough to know that snakes aren't supposed to talk. So it's likely that they were in the garden less than 24 hours after being created, before they sinned. God wasn't with them because it's likely that this was on the Sabbath, on the seventh day when he was resting. Adam and Eve were created on the sixth day. Anyway, I'm getting off on a money trail. We could, we could talk about that all day long. The point is, this is the bad news. The fall of man from the very first people ever created. And this is where the gospel message comes in as the good news. And it comes in right after we hear about the fall of man. Let's look again at Genesis chapter 3 verses 14 through 15. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman, your offspring and her offspring. He will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. There it is. The first prophetic statement in the Bible about the coming of Jesus. And it came from God himself. When God says, I'll put hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He's not talking about Eve. He's referring to Mary. And her offspring is none other than Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, you will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Which basically means he's going to destroy you and you'll cause him a little bit of harm. So in a time span of what's likely less than 24 hours after the creation of mankind, we had already sinned and God had already laid out the plan for our salvation. From the moment they first sinned, the earth and everything on it has been under a curse. I mean, from things as simple as, as weeds and thorns to things as complex as cancer and death. But the good news is someone was going to come that would put an end to all of that. And this is the beginning of the gospel message. God created us and 
all things to live in perfect harmony and relationship with him. But the first people he created changed everything by sinning against God, by, by not following his instructions. And that sin is like a stain on every one of us and everything since then. And there's nothing that we can do on our own to get that stain off of us. There's only one way. And that brings us to the next part of the gospel message. Who is it about? Is it about us as people? No, it's not about us as people. It's about Jesus. It's about the one who makes a way where there is no way. Isaiah 43, 25 says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. God alone can wipe out our sins, but it isn't by anything that we can do on our own. It's only through our faith in Jesus by the grace of God, which is freely given to all who put their trust in the Lord. Look at John 14, 16. Jesus tells us that he is the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. There is no other way. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of your work, so that no one may boast. And then in Romans 6, 23, it says, The wages of sin is death. And Hebrews 9, 22 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And Jesus came and he paid the price for all of our sins by his blood. He gave himself up to pay the ultimate price to secure our eternal life with him. It is through his death and resurrection that he defeated death. And we're going to dive deeper into this over the course of the series. So I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. <clears throat> so we know the gospel messages. We know who it's about. But who's it for? I mean, it's literally for everyone. There isn't a single person alive that doesn't need to hear this. Not only is it the only way to salvation, it's meant for every person to hear. 2 Peter 3.9 tells us this. Peter says that the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, but he's patient, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should receive repentance. All, not some, not a special group, not only those that he deems worthy, all should come to repentance. This is one of the problems with the Calvinist theology and unconditional election. This message is for everyone. And if you're a Christian, you should be sharing this message with anyone who will listen to you. 1 Peter 3.15 says we should always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is in us and to do it with gentleness and respect. Jesus himself told the disciples to go and make disciples of all the nations. Now, do you think that that message was meant only for that group that he was talking with after his resurrection? Anyone and everyone can and should be telling people about Jesus. It's not reserved for preachers or evangelists or special forces Christians, right? All you have to do is, as Peter instructed, give a reason for the hope that is in you. Why do you believe what you believe? So let's say that uh, you just don't feel qualified to share the gospel. Where can you go to learn more about it? I've got an idea. You could try reading your Bible. All the answers are in there. I mean, seriously, if we believe what we say we believe, that the Bible is the Word of God and the inspired Word of God, and it's infallible in the original language, then that's where you have to start. Another place you can go is to your preacher. Ask them for some recommended reading to help you be better at talking about Jesus with other people. And then once you get more comfortable with Scripture and, and how to have these conversations, make a list of some verses or chapters to give people when they have more questions. And for you to read regularly to have, you know, kind of top of mind when these conversations take place. 
And now the final question is, why? why? Why does this even matter? Why should you want to talk about Jesus with everyone or anybody for that matter? The simple answer would be because Jesus commanded us to do it. But can't you just be secure in your own salvation and let everybody else just figure it out? I mean, I'm, I'm sure at some point someone will talk with them, right? Maybe, maybe not. I mean, the conversation you have with someone may be the only time they have heard this. Or maybe the way that you talk about it will make sense to them. The way that I talk about it falls on deaf ears. Who knows? But if you had the cure for death and destruction, why would you not want to share that with everybody? I mean, you literally hold the key to their eternal life. They can either be ruling with Jesus or burning in a lake of fire. I can't, I can't think of a single good reason not to share that with someone. So just a quick overview. We're going to get much deeper into all of this over the next few episodes. But let's just recap everything. This is, there's a simple acronym and it spells out gospel, G-O-S-P-E-L. And here's what it stands for. G is a, for, for God created us to be with him and to be in fellowship with him and with each other. And the O is our sins. And those sins, they separate us from God. When they sin in the garden from that day forward, each of us have been born into sin. Psalms 51.5 tells us that we're brought forth in iniquity and in sin that our mothers conceive us. We're born with a sinful nature. And that sin, the S, says that sin cannot be removed by any good deeds. And we talked about how it can only be removed by the grace of God through our faith in Jesus Christ. The P in the acronym stands for paying the price. Jesus paid the price of our sin through his death and resurrection. Now, it goes deeper than that, but for today, that's where we're going to leave it. Sin against an eternal God can only be paid in one of two ways. Eternal life in the lake of fire, or by a perfect, sinless sacrifice of Jesus, who paid it once and paid it for all. Now, the E stands for everyone who repents and believes in Him will have eternal life with Him. And when we do that, God blots out every sin, every transgression we've ever committed against Him or anyone else, and He never remembers it. And then the L stands for life, life with Jesus. And it starts now. As soon as you accept him as your Lord and Savior, it lasts forever. And we'll go deeper into each of these parts of the gospel message over the coming episodes. But, but if anything I've said today resonates with you, maybe you're, you're listening for the first time or you've been listening for a while, but you don't have that personal relationship with Jesus, but you'd like to. I'm here to tell you that it's yours. And John tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that anyone who confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And he goes on in verse 13 to say that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, if you believe that and you want to have that eternal relationship with Jesus, I want you to pray with me right now. This isn't any kind of special prayer. There isn't anything fancy about it. And it's not the words that matter as much as what's in your heart when you say it. But it is an outward expression of what's going on inside of you. So let's pray. It says, God, I'm a sinner. I've sinned against you and others, and I know that I cannot do anything to earn my salvation. And I know, Lord, that I can only be saved by your grace through my faith in Jesus Christ. And today I'm asking you, Jesus, to forgive me of my sins and to be the Lord of my life. I want to live my life for you, and I pray that your words are a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Amen. Now look, this is a podcast, so you and I don't go to church together. But if you just accepted Jesus Christ, I want to pray for you and I want to pray with you. Send me an email, seekpodcast at gmail.com and let me know. I'll help you find a local church to get involved with if I'm able to, and I'd love to hear your story. And I also want to tell you that in Luke chapter 15, Jesus is telling a parable about a lady who lost a coin. And when she found it, she celebrated and called all of her friends to tell them. 
verse 15, he says, Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So those angels in heaven are celebrating you right now. And we're going to dive into the G and the gospel acronym on the next show, so don't miss it. Let's close out with a prayer. Father, I praise your holy name. I thank you for the blessings that you've given each one of us, Lord. I'm thankful for this opportunity to share your word with so many people. And I pray, Lord, that you continue to provide opportunities to each of us to share your good news and fill us with the boldness and confidence to speak about you and your great gift of salvation through Jesus. Amen. Hey, friends. Thanks for listening to the episode today. I enjoyed so much putting it together for you. And I hope that you enjoyed hearing it. If you did, hit the uh, subscribe button so you don't miss every time we put a new episode out. And if you know somebody else that might like it, share it with them. Leave us a review if you will. And if you have any questions or comments or other ideas for episodes and things you'd like to hear more about, shoot me an email over to seekpodcast, S-E-E-K podcast at gmail.com. And I will talk to you the next time.